Hey, I'm Brian. I'm the minister here at Harmony Christian Church. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for clicking on our video today. I just want to let you know if you want to get to know us like a little bit better, you can go to harmonychurch.tv. You can find out a little bit more about us there. You can also give online at harmonychurch.tv. There's a way you can give one time or you can set up a recurring giving uh, if you'd like to do that. You can also send us a comment. Let, maybe let us know if there's anything that we could be praying about, maybe with you or for your family uh, during this time. But appreciate you watching today, and thank you for doing that, and enjoy the rest of the video. So here's the thing. I really like Spider-Man. Like, he's pretty cool. I mean, he can shoot webs out of his hands. He can climb on walls. he got that Spider-Sense thing going on. He has some crazy strength, too. I mean, he's not as big and bulky as, like, the Hulk. But, man, he's got some strength to him. So I kind of like Spider-Man. Like, he's pretty cool. Green Lantern, not a big fan of Green Lantern. Not a big fan of the Hulk, either. Like, I could kind of do without him. He's, he's not really that great. But now, Batman. Now, there's a character that we can all relate to. I mean, Batman's got some issues, right? He's got some pretty serious issues, and he's just taking it out on everybody. So we can kind of relate to Batman that way. Superman, I'm just not really sure what to do with that guy. You know? I mean, he can fly. He shoots laser beams out of his eyes. I mean, he's darn near invincible. He looks awesome. He's just like a chiseled figure of a man. And then not only that, but but he's got a girlfriend of, in Lois Lane, and she's a success in her own right. And, you know, and she's good looking, and he's good looking, and the both of them together, it's just like, I'll just go away. You know, like... Oh, like I just can't even deal with either one of them, right? It just it just seems just to be like just too much, you know? But when I think of Superman, I think of the Superman that I remember when I was a kid. And the first movie, one of the first movies I ever saw was that Superman movie. I think it came out in like 1978 or so. Uh, just so you know, for those of you that don't remember the 70s or the 80s, that's not the Middle Ages. Uh, it actually produced some half-decent movies and music during that time. But anyway... Superman, the one that I remember is from 1978, and it was uh, stars uh, Christopher Reeve. Maybe you remember that movie? And, and in this particular movie, there's a moment where Superman shows his humanness. For just a moment, Superman kind of like isn't quite so Superman-ish for just a little bit. Just, just a real quick here on the movie if you haven't seen it. So um, Lex Luthor, the evil genius, has made this crazy plan that's that's going to, you know, end the lives of millions of people and Superman is out to stop him and it involves nuclear weapons which I think every movie in the 80s involved nuclear weapons. But anyway, so Superman is trying to thwart uh, the evil plans of Lex Luthor and as he does, he has to stop these nuclear missiles from going off. And he's able to stop all of them except for one. And this one particular missile goes off and it creates an earthquake and it begins to open up the earth. And it just so happens that it's opening up the earth right where his girlfriend Lois Lane is driving in this car. And she ends up falling off into the crevice and she dies. And when Superman finds this out, he's just full of anxiety and he's angry and he's just full of shame and guilt about what's happened. Like, why couldn't I save her? I, I was able to save everybody else, but I couldn't save her. And so you might remember the scene in the movie where he flies up into the atmosphere, out into outer space, and he starts to fly in the opposite direction around Earth. And he flies so fast that he makes Earth spin backwards, thus reversing time. And he's able to save everybody and save Lois Lane and, like, save the day. And, you know, Superman, you know, this great guy, saves it all. And in thinking about that, 
what I thought was is, you ever wanted a redo? You know, I, I don't know about you, but I do. Have you ever wanted a moment in your life where you wish you had some kind of like Superman-like power where you could go back in time, where maybe you could, you know, get the world to spin backwards somehow and you could just go back and just redo whatever that moment was for you, right? We wish we could go back and redo that stuff you said and those things you said and that email you sent and the things you said to the kids and like we wish we could kind of redo that stuff. We, we wish we could have that instance where we could just go back in time and do that. But here's the thing. I'm not Superman. Neither are you. And those things that are done can't be undone. You can't unbake the cookies. You can't uncut your hair. You can't undo the affair that you had. You can't undo the stuff that you said and did as a parent. You can't undo the stuff that was said and done to you by your parents. Like, you just can't do that. You, you can't change that. But man, wouldn't it be great if we could have a redo? If we could do that. I mean, for all the grace and the forgiveness in the world, we just can't undo those things that have been done. That's just not how, it's not how time works. The arrow of time points in one direction, and we just can't go back. We just can't do that. And so we sit around there, and we kind of wish, well, man, I wish I was Superman. I wish I could kind of go back in time, and I wish I could do it all again, because it just seems like life has just turned out in such a way that I'm just not so sure I turned out the, to be the person that I thought that I would be. I can remember one time I was sitting bedside to a, a gentleman who was in the hospital He'd been in a car accident, pretty pretty bad one. He'd broken his leg, he broke his arm, he had a lot of scarring and some other cuts on his face from the accident. He'd banged himself up really, really quite well. And we got to sit there and we got to share and talk about the things that were happening in his life. And one of the things he shared about was is the struggle that he'd had for so long. That somewhere along the way, in, in his younger years... He started to use alcohol to try to like cope with stuff in life. And that turned into an addiction. And it's an addiction that he struggled with for the rest of his life. And there were times in his life where, you know, he goes to the AA meetings and, and uh, he'd had a couple of years where he'd been sober for quite a while and he was very proud of those and rightfully so. But then those bad days would come. And when the bad days happened, the next thing he knew, he had a drink in his hand and he was drinking too much. And that's what happened to him. He'd been sober for quite a while yet again, and he had had a bad day. And the next thing you know, he had a drink in his hand, and he had too much. And he had drunk himself, and just drunk and drunk. And then he got in his car, and he crashed. And he banged himself up pretty good. And not only himself, but he'd hurt somebody else in the accident too. And he sat there in this hospital bed just wondering, how did I get here? Can I, is, is there any way I could go back and like redo life? Like, I, I just didn't turn out to be the person that I thought that I would be. You know, all of us are looking for some of those answers in one way or another. We, we all are looking for that redo. Could we, could, is there a way that we could turn ourselves into the person that we thought that we might be, right? And so it, it must be this job. If I could just have this job, if, if I could marry this person instead of that person, if, uh, if I could be only this kind of a parent or if my parents were, would have only been like this and 
There's all these things that we wish that we could go back and like redo because if we could, well, then maybe we would have the answers to the problems because the truth is, is that, well, the truth is, is that we've just brought some damage into the world and we did it and we've had some damage done to us and we just wish we could just redo it. And in the midst of looking for some answers to this of how do we deal with like these moments and of, of redo that we have or, or searching for some answers for like, you know, I, I didn't quite turn out the way that I thought I would like into all of this comes an answer from maybe a, a place that sounds a bit odd. It, it comes to us from the book of first Corinthians chapter 15. And here's what it has to say. This is first Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse one. It says this. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised, and on the third day, according to the scriptures, so Paul says here, this is the this is of first importance. So if you were making a list of all the things that were important, this is number one. This is at the top of the list. And Paul says at the top of the list, the first one of the first things you need to know is that Jesus died for sins and that he rose again. And then Paul adds to this four little words that that really change everything for us to a certain degree. It, it, it's, it changes us by telling us this. It says it was according to the scriptures. Now that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it really enters us into a whole new story. It's a whole new story according to the scriptures. Paul says that all along God's been up to something. That according to the scriptures, Jesus did these things. Like if you want to know who Jesus was, and why Jesus did the things that he did, well, then it's all according to the scriptures. In other words, God's been up to something since the book of Genesis. And what Jesus is saying is doing is connected to all of that. All these things that God has been doing is connected to all the things that have been happening according to the scriptures. So Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, maybe you might not get all of that if you don't get the part of according to all scripture. There's this word that a lot of theologians use sometimes, this word recapitulation. That's a big word. It just means redo. It just, it just means redo. Uh, when I was a kid, um, before parents really got so involved in the world of the social lives of their kids, before parents were setting up play dates and things like that, uh, I was just kind of a kid that would get together with my friends there in East Point, Georgia, and we would just kind of ride bikes like all over all over the neighborhood there. And my dad found a bell. Where he found a bell at, I don't know, but he had this big bell, and he put it on a post out in the front yard. And whenever it was time to come home, he would just ring that bell, and we knew when we heard the bell, it was time to come home. And he had to ring that bell because a lot of times we were off in the woods. There was some wooded area near our home, and we would go out there and we would build forts and we would traipse around in the forest and all this kind of stuff. And there, near that little wooded area, there was a there was like a little bit of a field. And in that field, we would throw the frisbee, we played baseball, all that kind of things. But we also discovered, <laughs> to our own great pain, 
we discovered that near those woods, there was a pretty thick area of some thorn bushes. And we figured out pretty fast that if the Frisbee got stuck in there, or if the baseball th went in there, it was a redo. Like, we're not even going to go in there. Like, you saw the baseball go in there, you saw the Frisbee fly in there, redo, we're just done. And so you know what that means. Everybody stays on the base you're at, the score stays the same, but we get, but we get a redo. We need to go find another Frisbee, we need to go get another baseball, because it's just a redo time. We're just going to get a redo. See, the reason that Jesus dies, and the reason why it's according to the scriptures, is that God wants you to know that wherever you are, and, where, and whatever might be going on in your life, whatever's happening to you right now, whatever it might be that you're facing, is that because Jesus died according to the scripture, is that now you and I, all of us together, have an opportunity to step into the great redo. That we all get a redo. That after the resurrection, the clock starts again. And Jesus didn't come just to kind of give us like the second story. And he didn't come just to tell us an old story. He came to tell us a new story. And, and some of this new story kind of pops up in some ways that maybe we don't often maybe think about. Like, for example, why does Jesus have 12 disciples? Why not 11? Why not 13? Why not 47? Why not like 105? Well, well Jesus picks 12 disciples as an example of like, he is now the new Israel. There's something new that is happening. He's this, he's this new kind of reconstituted Israel. He tells us that by, by picking 12 disciples. In the book of Genesis, we're told that God looks out into the great expanse, and, he, and God speaks, and when God speaks, creation begins to form and things begin to happen. And then we're told in the book of John that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. In other words, what John is trying to tell us is that Jesus is like this word. Jesus is just like that new creation that started in the book of Genesis. Well, guess what? Jesus is doing something new here too. Or, or look, for example, at Jesus' miracles. You know, Jesus didn't heal people just because it was like a nice thing to do, although that would, be, that would have been like good enough to do. And he didn't just heal people just, just to heal them. Maybe the story that you've heard when it comes to like Jesus and miracles is like, so what Jesus did was is that he sort of had this way of putting on pause the, the natural order of things and he disrupted all of that. Thus, the things that he did was supernatural. But Jesus really isn't doing anything supernatural either. What Jesus does when he goes around and does all these miracles and miraculous things that he does, what he's doing is he's not doing something new as much as reestablishing the order, the way things should have been all along. People weren't supposed to be born blind. People weren't supposed to be lame. And so when he heals people, when he does these miracles, it's a sign. It's a signal. He's pointing toward that the order of things is new. He's doing something new. And we get to be a part of this. We, we get to be a part of this new redoing. But... But before you can go through the great redo, often you have to go through the great undo. Maybe you remember the story of Moses. And, and Moses is out there and he's tending to his sheep and he sees that little burning bush off in the distance and he and God ended up having this 
pretty lengthy discussion. And, and in the end, Moses ends up going down to Egypt and he approaches Pharaoh and tells Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh has so much resistance to that. Like, no, 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 I'm not letting your people go. And part of the reason why that Pharaoh says no to all of this is because Pharaoh has set himself up as a god. That's what he's told everybody, is that I'm God, I'm the sun, and I'm the moon, and I hold everything together. And if I wasn't here, it'd be just be mass chaos. And the people kind of go along with this. Like, they figure, like, we better take care of our Pharaoh, we better make sure that we follow all his rules, because, I mean, he's God. And, and if we don't do what the God says, then, like, bad things are going to happen. Like, chaos could reign. So when... Pharaoh resists, and then all of these plagues begin to happen. You've got things like frogs and, and flies, and the Nile turns to blood. Well, where are you at, Pharaoh? I thought you were God. I thought you were the one that, that was in control of everything. I thought you were the one pulling the strings, and that you were the one that had it all figured out. Or, or what about the ninth plague? The ninth plague is that of darkness. Well, Pharaoh, why is it dark? I thought you were the God. I thought you were the God of the sun and of the moon. Why is it dark out? I thought you were in control of all things. Pharaoh's got a bit of a problem. And I think Pharaoh's problem is really kind of our problem too. Pharaoh thinks that everything sort of revolves around him and he is in control. And that's usually often our problem as well. Before you go through the great redo, you're going to have to go through the great undo. And part of that undoing is recognizing that we think, well, in a lot of ways, we're God, right? I mean, it's if the things that happen in our life, it's by our work, it's by our labor. We're the ones who are in control of our own destiny. We, we're the ones that do it all. You know, when the people finally leave Egypt and they head off out away from Egypt, one of the things that happens to them out there, among the others, is God eventually gives them the Ten Commandments. And it's in that moment that God is signaling to the people, here's your moment. You've had all these things done to you. Now it's time for the great redo. This is who I really want you to be. You can redo things. You don't have to remain who you were. Now you get to be something different. You know, one of the great scenes that happens there on that first Easter morning is the two Marys run out to the tomb to go check up on the body of Jesus. And when they get there, something quite amazing happens. This comes to us from the book of John, chapter 20, starting in verse 11. It says this, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she, as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white seated there, seated where Jesus' body had been one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where... You have put him, and, and I will go get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. This is a story about, about these two Marys, and one of them we know is Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene, she's traveled with Jesus. 
She's been a supporter of Jesus. She knows Jesus very well. And yet in this moment right here, when she looks at him, she thinks she's seeing a gardener. And that would be funny if we didn't know about Superman. See, there's that moment way back, according to the scriptures again, way back you had Adam and Eve, and they were given charge over the garden, and we know what they did. They were supposed to like take care of this garden that God had given them, but instead they fell into brokenness and they fell into sin. Well, here we have a new gardener. Here, here John tells us that this new gardener has arrived, and he's doing something new. It's, it's, the great, it's the great redo of something that was terrible, horrible, bad, gone wrong. The great redo has now come. And that's good news for you. And that's good news for me. That's good news for all of us. And the problem is, is that sometimes here's a story that you've heard. At least it's the story that I've heard. Maybe you've heard the same story. And the story is this. Is that really all of us are fundamentally broken. That's who you are. Who you are is just a sinner. That's who you are. And that's all you're ever going to be. Because, you know, Genesis chapter 3 and the fall and sin enters the world, and that's just all there is to you. But this story here, this story here of Jesus tells us we don't have to remain children of the fall. We can be children of the resurrection. That there's so many things that have happened in our lives that you're right, we can't undo those things. But we can have a redo. We can, through the blood of the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross by, by his resurrection, by the, because it was according to the scriptures, this long story, we, can, we too can now step into this story and we too can have a great redo. Jesus says, what has been, what has been undone can be redone. See, the resurrection of Jesus really does change everything what we're going to do right now is just offer you up a moment here at the end of the message and just offer you and your family some time there's going to be some music playing uh, from some members here at the church and uh, maybe you just want to take this time and gather as a family and use this time to maybe take communion or maybe use this time to pray with whoever you're with while you're watching this video maybe you're just by yourself or maybe you just want to just close your eyes and just kind of like just listen to the music. Maybe think about those areas of your life where you would just ask God, God, here's this area of my life where I just feel undone. Could I have a redo? Maybe you and God just need to have a conversation about that. And that's what we'd like to offer you during this little musical interlude time. It's just some time for you to just kind of think about those things, maybe talk about it, pray about it. May God be with you. This is the book of Numbers, chapter 6, starting in verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Let's bow for a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, today as we've uh, talked about this great redo that you can do in our lives, God, we, we just lift up all these areas in our lives to you that we just, man, we just wish we could just undo them all. And so God, we, uh, we ask that you just undo us in those areas that we need. 
might you begin the reconstruction because of your death and burial and resurrection. God, we know that the newness can become new in our lives too. Might you turn your face towards us. We're thankful for your peace. So Jesus, let me pray. Amen.